0: Hey guys, it's Pat Flynn here with a very special announcement before we get started with this week's episode. This week is a special week because my brand new book, Let Go, the expanded edition, is now available through Amazon. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash letgo, just one word, smart passive income, or that's actually two words, but no spaces, no dashes, nothing. smartpassiveincome.com slash letgo. There you can get the expanded version of a book that I came out with in 2013. That book talked about how I got let go or laid off from the architecture industry and then became an entrepreneur. And the expanded version now adds a complete second half to the book. Basically, it's doubled in size now. And that second half speaks about what has happened since essentially 2009 and now and how I've continued to have to let go in order to continue to grow and scale my business because even though I became a successful entrepreneur around 2008, 2009, it wasn't something that just meant that I was gonna have everything figured out. I definitely did not. I've, I've I've been met with many challenges and many failures along the way and I wanted to pass these on to you so that you can know that either A, you're not alone in those challenges or B, how to face them so that you don't go through the, uh, the same struggles I did. So. Make sure you check it out. I'm I'm looking to push it big. It's just available on Amazon only. And uh, it's only $2.99 this week. So go ahead and check it out. Smartpassiveincome.com slash letgo. Thank you so much. And uh, let's get started with the show. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 280. Noah Kagan, he's back. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about
1: working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he once tried to change his nickname from Pat to Rick, Pat Flynn.
0: Now, as you know, On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and thank you so much for joining me in this session of the Smart Passive Income podcast. I'm really excited to welcome back a special guest on the show, somebody who's been on a couple times, and each time He's either just made a ton of noise that people are either really happy about or really upset about, but also just people start taking action whenever his voice enters this podcast. So I'm really excited to invite him back. And we talk about a lot of things. We talk about something called the TST method, which you can use to start something new in a very safe kind of way, especially when you're starting to validate your business ideas. And speaking of business validation, uh, I present to Noah one of my own ideas, kind of a random one, And uh, he kind of takes it in a different direction. But that's really important because when you have new ideas, talking about it with other people is how you should go about it at the start so that you can figure out, okay, well, this may work. Or what if this might be better? And so Noah kind of takes my idea in a different direction. You'll hear about that. And uh, we talk about even more things like imposter syndrome versus King syndrome. And, uh, of course, all of Noah's going-ons as of late with all of his companies, and if you're not listening to his podcast already, which is called Noah Kagan Presents, I uh, highly recommend you recommend you do it because uh, not only is he very knowledgeable, but he has access to a lot of people, a lot of really, really interesting, really smart people that he has on the show as well. So Noah Kagan Presents, you can look that up on iTunes. But before you do that, why don't we just listen to the show and check out what's going on with Noah? So here's Noah Kagan from Noah Kagan Presents, OKDork.com and founder of AppSumo and sumo.com. And if you might remember from last time he was on the show, he talked about how he was actually one of the first dozen or so employees over at Facebook, and he was actually the person to come up with the status update. What? Pretty significant, because I know we use that all the time. So here he is, Noah Kagan. Noah Kagan back on the SPA podcast. What's up, Noah? Thanks for being here, man. What up, Pat Flynn? <laughs> I'm going to name my kid Pat Flynn. Why? It's gonna be an awesome. Because the kid will be awesome. That will be the first name, Pat Flynn Kagan. Pat Flynn, that's actually kind of good. Anyway, uh, just really happy you're back on the show, dude. Every time you come on, you just inspire a ton of people. You make us all take action. I don't know if people remember the first time you came on. You gave us all uh, what was called the Starbucks Challenge which you had people going to Starbucks to ask for a discount, which is like an, an incredibly uncomfortable thing for a lot of people, which was which was the exercise, right? And I don't know if you saw the comments, Noah, but a lot of people did that, and a lot of people got rejected, but a lot of people actually succeeded. So I want you to talk just really quick about why why that kind of exercise. I, I, I know that you have a course as well helping people start an online business, and you do a lot of these kinds of little things to sort of test us. Like why, why are these sort of mini challenges so important to starting a business?
1: Yeah, you know, it's something and I want people to buy your course and check out your stuff. So I don't care if they check out mine whatsoever. <laughs> what I do care about um, is that when I when I started my businesses, I just started it. And then when people were asking me how I did it, I would just show them like the steps I would do. But what's shocked me is that people were actually just really afraid of starting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what they were even more afraid of is just failure. Right. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of rejection. And ultimately, it was kind of this. they were afraid of asking people for things. And so the Starbucks challenge was like kind of getting you comfortable with getting asking, getting rejected. And what I've been doing, I've been like on this challenge kick in 2017 where I do challenges every week or every month. So like n- right now I'm doing a 72 hour fast. So I'm not eating uh, anything. I'm only doing caffeine and water for 72 hours. And what I realized about challenges, is it kind of expands like how much more you can do in life. And I, I think of it like a baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like you you have two kids. So you've, two kids you've probably seen that aren't them crawl babies
0: anymore. But yes, they're not. They were babies at one point.
1: But when, for so think about it from their perspective, they used to crawl and they're like, dude, life is great crawling. I love crawling. I'm all about crawling. And then one day they are like, well, let me try this walk thing. And guess what happened? I mean, you know this better than I did, but they fell on their butts.
0: Yeah. A lot.
1: Right. A lot. Yeah. And then after some time though, they sort of started standing and they're like sort of walking and they're like, holy moly, I could do so much more. And that's what I've kind of experienced by like trying challenges, failing or succeeding and seeing like, man, there's so much more in life. And that's why I like pushing my capacity with challenges like the Starbucks challenge, or, you know, fasting challenge for 72 hours and things like that. It just realizes like how much more I can do in life.
0: So, what are some other challenges that you've done in your life that have sort of helped you and how have they helped you?
1: Uh, so one I did that I've really liked is called no apologies challenge. No apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's not about being arrogant or rude. Um But I started finding myself apologizing for things I've done. Or like, if you have any success, like you, a lot of us start toning it down, Mm -hmm. and we just say sorry, like as like a normal vocab. Uh, And so I just tried a month of not apologizing for things that I don't think I had to apologize for, and just kind of embracing who I am. Right. And some people may not like it, but I don't have to apologize for that. If I like cut you off or do something mean, obviously I apologize. Uh, But that was a really good challenge. Another one that I love, and I'd encourage everyone to do. I call it the five percent challenge. And this, this one was, has been interesting. I got two ones I'll, I'll share. Okay. The 5% challenge, my friend Tynan uh, from Tynan.com taught me this one. I took 5% of my money uh, for my salary and I gave it away to either friends that I think needed it or to when I'm tipping, I'll tip a lot more. Mm-hmm. And the 5% challenge was amazing. I donated to all the services that I use for free, but I never paid for Oh, and I so what remember. I donated Yeah, it was amazing, dude. I donated actually yeah, this morning. I was using a torrent site mm-hmm. uh, transmission for downloading torrents. So I donated to them. I donated to NPR donated to Wikipedia, um, Planned Parenthood, uh, Birthright, JCC. So just like any group that I've enjoyed their work, but I've never actually donated money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the 5% challenge, I challenge everyone to do it for one month. And I was like, man, I can actually give a lot more than I thought I could. and And it feels really great. Uh, so that was, that was one now I'm doing ongoing. So I try challenges and I'll either add them or, or not do them. The challenge that I'm doing now, which is kind of crappy, I'll tell you, but, uh, but it's been helping. It's a, it's my hundred dollar if I'm late challenge.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So if you're late to something, what do you do with a hundred bucks? I asked the person where they'd like me to donate a hundred dollars. The person who
1: you were supposed to meet or, or whatever. Yes, exactly. Cause I want to be exactly on time. So this morning I was late to a call even by a minute and I donate a hundred dollars for his kids uh, college fund. Mm-hmm. And I've been, you know, other people, I'm just like, I don't need to Andy Roddick Foundation. So I've already done $400 in a week. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a good challenge that I'm like, oh, I don't even want to be a minute late. And it's just kind of you build that habit of it. And eventually it'll just always be on time. And hopefully I won't have to keep spending hundreds of dollars each week uh, for being late.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of, of, of challenges for the aspect of, okay, taking action quickly, seeing the results of it, but also a small or potentially big sort of loss if you don't follow through. And I think you're right. Over time, you just create these habits and you know, I know that a lot of people who have taken that Starbucks challenge, you know, it was a big eye-opener eye, eye for them. And I uh, recommend people listen all the way through this episode because we have another challenge for you that we're going to share for you at the end. So how's that for a teaser to keep people on? Man,
1: that was good. I know, what right? is he going to talk about? What is he going to say?
0: Well, here's what we're going to talk about now. We're going to talk about starting businesses. You've started multiple. We've talked about them a lot on the show before. Uh, we even talked about uh, Sumo Jerky on uh, and, and Will It Fly, my book. And uh, just thank you for being completely open and honest and upfront about all the ins and outs of that. And I'm curious, like what's new for you recently and how have you been validating those businesses?
1: So it's always hard. (laughs) I've been uh, studying comedians lately. Yeah. And I, dude, if you ever want to just like learn a lot, just go watch comedians, like how they do their delivery. Um, And what I've been studying, I I watch Rodney Dangerfield. I've been doing Steve Martin, Judd Apatow, Like, go watch Talking Funny. If you want an amazing video about business and comedy, uh, Talking Funny was with, like, uh, Seinfeld, Chris Rock, uh, Louis C.K., and then Steve Gervais, Ricky Gervais.
0: And what are you studying? Like, what do do you, I mean, because you can watch them and just laugh, right? But, like, what's your approach when you go and watch comedians?
1: Well, for the comedians specifically, I'm trying to understand why it's funny, right? Because I want
0: to do, you know, I started a podcast, which
1: I've been focusing on, and I've been starting a YouTube channel, and so I want to figure out, like, these guys have already done it. Right? So how do I then replicate what, what's working for them? Right? Like, mm-hmm. What are the elements of their comedy? What are the elements of their delivery? Uh, and the same thing with like, even podcasts. right? I've been studying NPR. Right? That's the most popular. So why don't we just learn for the most popular? Mm. And the thing with the comedians, which has been interesting, is two things that I've noticed that are really fascinating for me. Number one, and this is, relates to starting a business. Number one, it takes a lot longer than we think it's going to take. <laughs> right? Like, you've been doing your show how long now? Gosh, for almost eight years. Only eight years, Pat, overnight. <laughs> okay. totally and I overnight. think every, everyone does it for a month. But if you just want success, all you have to do is do it for eight years. And you could be where Pat is or, or way beyond where Pat and I are. Uh, and I encourage everyone, but that's something with the comedian, so Steve Martin's biography, which is great. Mm-hmm. He did it for like fifteen years without any recognition. That's great. And we only see him we only see him on Saturday Night Live. Like it's two wild and crazy guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Right. But that was, that was number one that I thought was really fascinating with starting a business. Cause I was like, man, yeah, I think I want like my YouTube channel that I started, I want like 10,000 views every episode, every show mm-hmm. on my podcast. I want every episode to have like a hundred thousand downloads and it's, you know, it's slow and it's hard. And that's actually what it takes to finally eventually get that success. So, you know, it's what the comedians have. It's what all the successful companies, it takes a long time. And the second thing that they did, which was fascinating related to business stuff is that they keep iterating. They keep improving. They're like, like it's like you, like you're like, man. People keep asking me how I'm doing my podcast or how I started my businesses, and you're like, well, eventually, like, let me just put out a course, right? And that's probably when you started the podcast. Did you ever think that's what you'd be doing?
0: Uh, no, you know, but uh, but people started asking for it, right? Um, for me, and then initially, I just wanted to figure it all out on my own. And of course, while doing that, you pick up a lot of things that can be really useful for other people too but it wasn't you know the course came you know seven eight years after i started so like like you said it's sort of an iterative process i'm growing each time each time i'm taking new steps and creating new goals for myself initially it's sort of figured out then it's sort of just okay survive and then it's sort of thrive after that um and go ahead
1: well i was curious how has your vision changed from when you started the show to where it is now
0: Gosh, well, I've grown a lot uh, internally, mostly from scrappy entrepreneur to now as a CEO. You know, I'm taking more of a business approach to what I do, um, while at the same time making sure I don't remove myself from the connections that I have with my audience. I mean, that's the one thing that the podcast more than anything has shown me is just its ability to, on a scale level, build these real relationships with people to a point now where I go to conferences and people are talking to me like we've been friends for years, right? But then I don't even know their name and it's just so it's it's a really cool thing that a podcast can do for you um and then with that connection you have with your audience you you can go any which way you want it just depends on you know the crossover between what you're passionate about versus what people are asking you about um and that's where the sort of you know the the sweet spot is in my opinion
1: so, so how does that change i really i thought that was really fascinating how you changed uh discussed being like a scrappy bootstrapper to ceo and uh, my, one of my best friends, Andrew, actually, he, he kind of commented on that on me. Like, have you seen the movie Moneyball? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: All right, great movie. And he said, no, know you're a bootstrapper. You know, similar as you, we've been doing this seven years at you know with AppSumo.com and Sumo.com. And in the beginning, you're bootstrapping. You're not trying to spend a bunch of money. You're trying to like, how do I be cheap? And, and like Moneyball, like, how do I get the Oakland A's uh, to win? But what he commented on, which I thought was really fascinating, I never thought of it or heard it before. He's like, well, Noah, do you want to be the Yankees or do you want to be the Oakland A's? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, Oakland A's, they're the great value. It's like, we're the scrappy thing. But who's winning championships? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, the Yankees. He's like, well, and, and I think it's kind of a maturity thing in business where you start off with like, all right, how do I be scrappy as possible? But there is that growth to CEO and to
0: like, how do we actually, you know, whatever it is to win for each person. So I guess, how have you transitioned? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's on the surface, it might be like, wow, Pat spent a lot more money on his team and helping, you know, getting, getting help for his stuff. Um, But me, I think of it as being smart with where I put my time and money, right? That's where I've gotten really smart and what the big change has has been. So three years ago, I decided to hire somebody to help me create a podcast called Ask Pat. And that's something that I would have never imagined doing, hiring somebody to actually do most of the legwork for me. And then I transitioned from, okay, SPI, everything doing it myself, uh, to now the only thing I have to do is record these podcast episodes like we're doing right now. The rest of it's all taken care of. So I'm spending a lot more money, but I feel like, I know now where my time should be spent and it's spent doing the things that only I can do and should be doing just like these conversations we're having right now with the sort of bigger level um, course planning and, you know, things like that that can serve more people. So that that's where I feel the biggest change uh, has been. And along those same lines, it's just getting comfortable with letting other people help me, getting comfortable with spending more money and putting it back into the business, which, you know, I was always coming from that you know startup sort of bootstrap mindset where you know save every penny but now I'm like, okay, where else can I spend money to help me even more now?
1: you know it's funny I think everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this thing like hire great people. no one ever thinks, let me hire crappy people. Mm-hmm. But then how does someone actually that's listening like get that like how did you start changing your mindset towards that? I think that's what I'm curious like do you, did you try it out and be like, well, let me invest here or, or do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a small, it was sort of dip my toe in the pool first to kind of get a feel for it and then I kind of like ease my way into it more. Now I'm like, you know, cannonballing into the pool of getting help, right? <laughs> but at first it's slow because it is it is a transition. It is a, more of a mindset transition more than anything. And I think with hiring out and spending more money on your business, I mean, you can do it small and see results from it. And then what happened after I did that, was, I started to get addicted to the results that were happening from hiring out and getting help and spending money on my business. And now I'm looking for new ways to do it now, um, with these courses that I have coming out, you know, I'm going to be investing a lot more in advertising and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, so, I mean, it's always changing. And so the the big question is, okay, a year from now, two years from now, you know, how else am I going to grow? It's, it's, it's kind of mind boggling to consider how far I've come, but also how far I can go still.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting you say that, um, as I've been doing more on like, OK, Dork, and my podcast on YouTube. Yeah. I've started realizing that, like in terms of no apologizing,' like, let me embrace what I'm the best at. And I think that's great what you're saying. I want to reiterate it. Like, what am I the best at? I'm like, I think I'm pretty good at like conversations like this or writing about marketing or doing marketing or starting businesses. Let me spend all of my time in that and everything else, let me try to find the person who is the best in the world at those other things. So, like on ok, Dork, I work with this guy, David, and he's an amazing organizer. Mm-hmm. He loves organizing. And I'm like, David, you like this? Is that what you actually like? He's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, great, you do that all day. And let me go focus on what I'm great all day. The second thing that I don't I don't know if you're doing a lot of this, and I used to kind of be against this, but in school we always have teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And then as we finish college or whatever, whatever education, you stop having teachers. You're like, oh yeah, I don't, and you kind of let that go. And so I've been on this rampage in just every aspect of my life that I'm trying to improve. Like, how do I find an expert?
0: Yes, I've been doing the same so, thing. That, that's another thing. I'm glad you pointed that out. I've been yeah, coaches, please, co- coaches, trainers. Uh, I've been getting a lot more education from going to conferences and actually sitting in on the panels and, and, and talks versus just sort of being in the hallways and going there purpose, purposefully to to learn and grow. And I think. You know, it's funny how in the beginning you learn from others and then you kind of walk away from that. Right. Because you totally got it all figured out. But then all of a sudden you realize how important it is again. And then you then you spend even more money doing it. I mean, I'm going to mastermind retreats and all these things because I don't know everything. But there's so much more to learn and what best way to do it than to find somebody who's done it already and just learn directly from them instead of what we did in the beginning, which was, okay. let me (laughs) me look on YouTube. Let me kind of try to figure this out on my own. I'll read blog posts. Yeah. Right. Which are which is important. I mean, it's a good way to start. Right. Exactly. Just like when you're starting a business, you're going to have to bootstrap. You're going to have to do these things on your own. Which I recommend doing even before you hire out, so that you know, you know the process, you know totally. how you want it done, and then you can find other people to do it for you. So anyway, let's 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 get back into sort of what you're <laughs> up to and some, yeah. of, some of the interesting things that that you've been working on and how you've been validating those concepts. I think that's totally uh, something everybody's always interested in, and also just you know a lot of tactics around those things. I, I'm sure people would love to hear.
1: Sure. Well, one of them is related to coaches. So I started No Caking Presents podcast uh, recently. And what I did is I went out to NPR and I found all the producers, because I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of goofing around. So I hit up all their producers. and I was like, hey, can I pay you for an hour of consulting? And one of the producers of one of their top shows was like, sure, it's like 175 an hour, which which is a lot of money. But I'm like, well, if I can spend five hours to learn all the stuff they're doing at NPR and I can then do that for my shows forever, that'll be compounding for you know the next 10, 20 years. Totally. Um, so I've been experimenting with that. Uh, in terms of starting businesses and things for your audience, I'll tell you, we knew one that I started, which was for fun, uh, was a gum company,
0: gum, like chewing gum,
1: chewing gum. I love gum. I don't Are you a big gum
0: chewer? I, I can chew gum. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to chew gum. I chew gum a lot when I'm nervous. It's sort of my really? go-to when I'm nervous. Yeah. So if I ever see you like chewing gum in a poker game, I'm like, okay, go That's all I in. I tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think
1: for people starting businesses, one of my favorite things is just solve your own problems. Just, and everyone's got problems. It's just more about being aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a, a store and I noticed that they didn't have any new flavors of my <laughs> Trident Layers, which is my favorite flavor, my favorite brand. And so I was like, well, why don't I just try to make my own gum and I can have as many new flavors as I want. And so the first flavor that we thought of was a like coffee flavor, caffeinated coffee flavored gum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I was like, okay, that would be kind of cool. Uh, and so I think exactly to like your course and, and my preferences as well to start a business, I always try to say, well, like, are there customers and it's so much easier to sit behind a computer. And I actually did this too, where you just sit behind a computer and you kind of like play around and you build it. And then you're like, well, I guess I have to go find people now. So I, on, I, on the flip side, just emailed a few friends who liked coffee. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do coffee gum. It'll have caffeine in it. You want to buy some? It's 10 bucks. And so I got three people to give me money. Yep. And I was like, okay, okay. I guess I'll go make gum for them and, and for me. And so what I did is I actually just hit up a friend who is a good cook. And I said, hey, can you just figure out how to make this? I'll pay you $100. Because she's actually great in the kitchen and she would figure it out. And so what she did, which was very clever, I was like really impressed with it. There's actually coffee, uh, there's gum kits on Amazon. So she went to Amazon and bought a uh, how to make gum kit Mm -hmm. from Glee Gum. She took that, added coffee and caffeine powder. And uh, she gave me like, I don't know, 50 pieces or whatever wrapped in like uh, parchment paper. And I had my first V1 of Sumo gum. So it was like, it was a very good process. It was good to like stay sharp. I think sometimes as we start growing and doing like higher level things, like as you were saying, you kind of stay away from the trenches. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to remind myself, like, all right, you got to get out there. You got to ask people. And then when I gave them the gum, a lot of people were like, hey, this sucks. And here's why it sucks. And then the V2 version, I had to go back and change it. It was too big. It was too bitter. So we made it sweeter. We made the pieces smaller. And then they're like, this is great. And so it was kind of a good experiment to go back and practice like just making something.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's kind, of, business. That, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm- creating a physical product. I don't know if you knew this, but um, it's going to be sort of a calendar workbook that's related to a specific goal that people have. And, you know, we're working with a beta group and giving them access to the, to really rough versions of what this calendar and this workbook will be, but we're getting a ton of great feedback already from people who are saying, oh, this doesn't work, or I didn't get this, or, you know, make this bigger, like you said. I mean, you can only know what to do when you get people through it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle. They feel like they have to build the business first, Um, whether it's courses and they create the whole course first before selling into it, or like you said, a physical product. I mean, um, you just simply email people and ask now, what would you have done if you had sent those emails out and you got nobody responding?
1: So I'd probably do a few things. One, the first thing I would do is like, Hey, do you chew gum at all? Because okay. if they're not actually even chewing gum, because these people drink coffee. You know that's like my business partner who drinks coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they didn't chew any gum, it doesn't make a difference, right? right you can't right. sell, you can't convince someone to go to the gym that doesn't want to lose weight or get in shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, then what I do a lot of times is every time you get a rejection, there's two opportunities there. One, what is something that they like eat often? Like, do you eat jerky? Do you eat like, what else do you spend money on your snacks? So you can find something else that they actually would buy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when people get rejected, they're like, okay, thanks. Bye. And rejection for me is awesome. I'm like, okay, well, what are you spending money on? Because everyone is spending money. It's just you're not important enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Or number two, and I do this for rec- with recruiting. We still do this to this day. It's actually, we've hired a lot of people at Sumo. I ask for a referral. So if it's like, hey, do you chew gum? They're like, no, I don't chew gum. I'm like, well, who's one person you know that chews gum? So I do this with recruiting just as much at sumo.com too. So uh, our recruiter, I actually was trying to hire someone, and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm not leaving my job yet. And I said, well, if you had a hire recruiter, who's the first person you'd hire? And they said, Samantha. And so I hit up Samantha and said, hey, this person told me to hire you. And now Samantha works here. That's cool. So it was just, and that's actually how we've hired a few people where anytime you get a rejection, it's an opportunity to find out something they would buy or find someone that they can refer you to. Uh, So those are kind of the two things. I had a a similar thing I started that might be interesting for your audience, uh, recruiting software.
0: Okay. Tell me about how this idea came about.
1: So another problem we have with Sumo.com is like recruiting. It sucks. It's hard. It's like finding a, you know, a, a significant other. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of patience. So
0: you built software to help you find. So, so you could repurpose this <laughs> to find a significant other. Essentially, is what you are saying. Yes,
1: Pat. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I want to come back to your journal thing, but the thing that was interesting with the, the recruiting software, and I won't, we won't, I don't want to spend too much time unless you are interested. Um, but the short part of it is that like, I needed to solve it. So I thought, well, how can I import all my contacts and then make referrals, referral recruiting easier? And that's what it did. It was like, it can pull in my Twitter. It can pull in my LinkedIn. It can pull in my Facebook and then you can just search for it. And so everyone at our company could do it too. And then we have this massive referral network, but the biggest takeaway from that experience so far, and I'm still working on it is I'm not actually trying to validate as a business yet, Mm -hmm. but I thought I started realizing to myself, if I wanted to, I was getting so, it's so much easier to keep building the software thinking that's what people need. And it was such an interesting like realization, like, oh, this is why people keep building stuff without ever selling it because it's safer.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I was just at home. I'm like, oh, I need this feature. And they're not going to want until they have this feature. And they're not going to want until they have this feature. And if I really wanted to sell it as a product, I actually have, can't just sit behind my computer. And that was like such an amazing reminder. Like I have to get out there and actually talk to the customer and talk to the potential buyer ahead of time. So so are you at that point where you're doing that right now? So I'm not there yet. I don't want to keep building, but if I were to make this, I don't know if I'm actually going to sell this externally or we'll just keep it internally. But here's the exact thing I would do. I, uh, it's from Chet Holmes called the Dream 100 list. So this is a product for people that have companies that have at least 10 people working there, 10 employees. So I would go through my LinkedIn and just search every one of my contacts and then see which other companies have more than 10 people and just put it in a spreadsheet. And now I have my customer list, my dream 100 uh, Mm of people that I should go and sell this to. And I can contact them now if I wanted to make a business out of it and say, hey, I'm working on recruiting software, I see that you're hiring, I'll check their jobs page, see if they are, and then see if I can sell it to them for recruiting software.
0: Cool, so So, what's that reach out? I mean, it's just email or through LinkedIn, you said? Yeah, I think I think email is weak.
1: (laughs) I think you have if you're actually serious about your business, like one, it's going to take a long time 2 you're going to persist a long time. But three, you got to be really proactive. And I think email uh, and just like posting on Facebook is is good. But I think that's step two. It's almost too reactive for me. Mm -hmm. I like to be very proactive. So when I did sumo jerky or even sumo gum, I texted or I called or I did it in person. And I think a lot of people are kind of it's easier to just send an email and be like, well, let me just hope and wait for that email to come back. Instead, I want to have I want to find out those results quickly. So I would just text Pat. Hey, Pat, you like gum? No. Okay, hey Pat, who do you know that likes gum? This person. Call him up. Hey, do you like gum? No. And then you kind of keep going through that process and you're going to move a lot quicker because I think you said something that I like now that I'm 35, I just turned 35. I'll never be 25 again. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, holy crap, like time really isn't coming back Mm -hmm. and I don't want to waste any of it. And that's why also I want to spend money to save time, right? as you're starting to do with your business. Uh, and so that's why I'm trying to, like, for people and myself, like, how do I iterate through this stuff as quickly as possible to find the answer so I can move forward and not waste time with it? Because I've done that a lot in my history.
0: Yeah. Let me pitch you a business idea that I've been thinking about a long time. And this is one that I haven't shared with, with anybody. Uh, and I was kind of saving it for you because I wanted to get your initial wow. reaction. I wanted to see, um, not just pitch it to you to see if this is something you'd be interested in, but how would a person like me or anybody take this idea and, and validate it and put it through through the test. So here's the here's the pain. So the pain is I go on a trip, conference, or whatever, right? And it's it's a couple of days long and I'm in my hotel room and I'm about ready to leave and just my stuff's everywhere and I have to pack and I'm just like already tired because I was out the night before networking and I just, the last thing I wanna do is pack, right? But I know I have to either wake up early because I have to spend time to pack before I go to the airport or cut out from that networking event early because I have to pack and you know I prep the night before or whatever. Here's the solution. I just, as the guest of the hotel, simply leave. Like I leave all my stuff there, I'm just headed to the airport with what I need. Somebody comes in, and packs everything for me. Goes through every nook and cranny in the hotel room just to make sure everything's found. And then either the day after I come home, my stuff arrives at my door, or maybe it's, it's even there before I get there. Um, it's just ready for me when I come to the door. But it's it's a service to help one pack after a trip, and so I don't have to worry about it.
1: Is packing before the trip an issue?
0: No. Why is that? Because it's in my own home, and you know I just... I'm excited about the trip. I'm figuring out what to wear, you know, all those kinds of things. But after it's just like, I just want to put everything in here and, and, and just leave. And I don't even want to do that. Okay, so I
1: like this. this. Well, so one thing I just want to highlight as a caveat for everyone listening, like not every business idea works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think No, 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 I'm not hating on it. Here's the thing, people email me and I love this. This is my favorite thing. People are like, hey Noah, what do you think of this idea? And, and I, I think we should explore this one. But people email me like, hey, what do you think of this idea? I'm like, go ask a customer. Yeah, Go ask someone who would actually buy it and see if they want. And if they won't, perfect. Now you can find something they do want. So what was the last conference you went to or the last time you traveled that you wanted this?
0: Uh, it was, let's see. Um, I was at an event. Uh, gosh, there's been a bunch of events. Um, well, a couple events that I went to recently were in San Diego, so I just stayed at home. But before that, um, there was an event in, gosh, I'm trying to remember where it was. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember just wanting to just, I wishing there was somebody that could come in and pack for me.
1: Okay. So where's the next time this is going to happen for you? Cause what, what I would suggest is that like maybe one of your listeners, I don't know if they're in that city, they could actually offer the service or find someone to do the service. Mm-hmm. So
0: where's the next time that you might have this? So I will be in Anaheim, uh, in for podcast movement. That's one that I know that's coming up in August. Okay. And how much do you want to pay to have someone just get your bag home? I mean, I would pay, I would pay 50 to a hundred bucks just to have it done for me.
1: I think that's a great question. Whether someone out there will do it. And the thing I
0: think people kind of
1: overthink is like, well, how do I get more people? And how do just like focus on one at a time? Cause if this would work, like I would put it out there and be like, Hey, I'm going here. Is anyone willing to do this?
0: Well, what if I did it the other way where I will be the person who packs and, you know, does all that stuff for somebody else just to kind of see if they would even say yes to it first.
1: So you have the idea. How do you actually get get a customer?
0: Right. So I would just go to a friend and or I would go on Facebook, Twitter or whatever and say, hey, anybody going on a trip? Um, Anyone coming to San Diego, you know, try to make it easy for myself. So anybody coming to San Diego soon, let me pack your bag and send it back home to you so that you don't have to pack on your way out.
1: All right, so I'm gonna do two suggestions. Is okay. that cool? Yeah, yeah. Please, this is. I always think it's good to ask people for feedback before that you give them something. So the first thing you could do is actually a lot of times in most conferences they have a Facebook page. So like social media world where we've gone or any of these ones, FinCon, they have a Facebook group. It'd be like, hey guys, I know you're coming. I'm offering this service. Does anyone want it? Right, and you can actually post it right away in the group even before you go and actually see if there's demand. I actually have a so to to my earlier point. If someone doesn't want it, great. What do they want? So. I have a different problem, Pat. I'm I'm just going to, I haven't actually shared this idea out there outside yet either. Okay. My biggest problem is actually the packing. I'd actually pay for, I don't want them to put the clothes, come over and put the clothes in. Uh, That's not a big enough problem for me, but I want packing lists. So meaning like I went to Puerto Rico on a workation with my buddy Neville and it was like a little stressful to have to think about like, what do I actually need to bring? Like, okay, it, what's the weather going to be like? I want to mm-hmm. put it all in one backpack. Mm-hmm. So I would pay five bucks, no problem. Five bucks all day long. It's like, here's your checklist, Noah. Like, go just put all these things in your bag. Would and you, it just makes it easier.
0: Would you pay 20 bucks?
1: No. No. Because, but I would use it regularly. So like, also for camping. Like, I'm I went camping a few weeks ago and I was like, Man, I really wish there was a list for clothes and items I should just bring. So I just have my checklist and it makes it easier for me to go. Because if I'm going to different places, like different weather, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to have different types of things to bring. So I would gladly pay five bucks for anyone out there. Uh, You can ask me, like, hey, Noah, like, where are you going next? And like, I'll make your packing list.
0: Okay. And that could turn potentially into a scalable, you know, distribution model for that particular packing list. Yeah, I I think... Like how, to do, like how do you know what the business model is going to be like is it going to be concierge service for people who are going to an event
1: well so now you're starting to like this is what i love about business in in general is that Pat, exactly what you said about your podcast like where it started 8 years ago to where it is now you would have never thought that mm-hmm. and i think it's good to have a vision and when you're starting though i would say it's good to just get started and that's where a lot of people are getting held up right so when i started AppSumo, it was a software bundled deal website <laughs> Right. Yeah. And now we have, you know, 50 people working on sumo.com, which is free marketing tools to grow your email list Mm -hmm. that work with ConvertKit sponsored by SPI. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so the point being like, if you think about packing lists, you're like, well, that's stupid. It's like, well, what if you could turn that packing list into like actually selling clothing? And then what if you could turn that packing list into actually selling travel? And then you can actually coordinate trips for people. And then you can actually do like maybe an assistant service where you're like for 50 bucks an hour, like, hey, what other places are you going or doing in your week that I could actually start scheduling for you? And you can actually expand the offering. So like one of my favorite things in business, and I've been trying to get better at this, I wouldn't say I'm great, is how do I just keep adding on to what's already working? Right? Like if people already like AppSumo, how did we create KingSumo? And then we created Sumo.com. And it's like, how do I keep adding and working on the existing customers and trying to always get new, new, new things? And so I think the packing list could be a gateway drug. You can even give away free packing lists and then use that to sell backpacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or right. suitcases and you're like a luggage. or luggage or like exactly. trip itineraries or you know anything like that.
1: I mean that's what I was mentioning about comedians. It was really fascinating with Steve Martin and his book is it was great about it was that you got to go for a long time but you got to keep iterating. And so what he talked about and what I liked, like I made a YouTube video about it called Focusing on Essentials, which is just like what of the things you're doing are working and how do you do more of those and then actually kill or cut the things that are not working. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think a lot of people might call it eighty twenty, and we all know it conceptually. But in almost all parts of our life and business, like even in your house, you probably spend 80% of your time in your house like in your bedroom and in your kitchen. Yeah. Yet we get these big big houses where we have all these extra rooms we don't use. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like in your business, like, well, all right, well, what are the parts that people are liking? All right, how do I just do more of that? And the things they don't like, let me just do less of those things.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's go back to this packing thing. Yeah. Let's say I want to test both sides of it, right? So I go to... Um, You know, any of these conference groups that maybe I'm a part of and I just go and leave a message saying, hey, anybody going on a trip uh, to to anywhere lately? Like, I'd love to help you by creating a packing list. This is just something I want to do for people. So, yeah, send me a DM.
1: Yeah. So one thing I'd really encourage, I have a friend, JR, who I love. He's one of my best friends. A lot of people don't like asking for money. Right. And I I can't do any jokes about my religion, but a lot of people just don't. And (laughs) here's the best way to avoid that. Don't ask for any money don't do it and just do everything for free do and this is a very easy strategy do it for free until you get so busy you can't do it for free anymore and my buddy jr has done this with film he loves being a he want to be a filmmaker Mm -hmm. but he had a corporate job at cisco he has a corporate job at cisco and he always wanted to make films and so he just started going to restaurants and saying hey can i just make a free film for you that you can put on instagram or facebook and he did it for free and now he's getting to the point where he's so busy that they're actually like well hey He's like, I can only take you if you pay me because I'm just too busy. And so with this packing list, just do it for free. Go help a bunch of people. And then you could email them. Hey, are you going anywhere? Hey, are you going anywhere? I'll just keep making these packing lists. And you'll probably use the same type of list. And eventually you'll be like, man, I'm so busy. I'll have to start selling this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's an easy way just to kind of get it going. And, you know, maybe people will be like, well, hey, can you help me find this stuff too? They'll help ask for
0: additional information. And what if then people don't want to pay you for it?
1: If people don't want to pay you for it, that's great. But you have to find out then what they do want to be, what they are paying for, right? Like one of my favorite ways to see how you can actually like sell something. Like I think in general, like conceptually, like I'm not necessarily like an abundance or scarcity mindset, but I think there's so much money in the world. There's just like this unlimited amount of money for you to go and make, hopefully doing something great for the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you have to find like, how is the person spending their day? Because how people spend their day is how they spend their time, which is their most valuable thing. And you can be like, hey, what did you spend your whole day working on? That's like an easy one. And then you see what things they're spending time on and you're like, well, I can help you with those. Or so here's another simple one. If you're trying to figure out a business, go to someone like Pat, go to someone like me, go to someone of your friends and be like, what's been on your to-do list for over two weeks two anything two on their list. to-do list, anything on their to-do list over two weeks. They haven't done it. Why not? Because they're busy. Well, could you, would they be willing to pay you for that? And I think that's kind of an easy question to find uh, things people are worth paying. Mm, that's a good one. So yeah, it's kind of like just, sort of, I mean, there's so much money out there. And ideally, it's like, why don't you do something that makes the world better instead of like some affiliate site or something like, you know, create content that helps people or create products that help people or create a, like a physical product like yours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, you know, they may not want it right away, but they may want some variation of it.
0: Okay. I love that. I love that. So I'm curious to know, like people who are listening to this right now, what your initial thoughts are of of, of my idea and Noah's sort of counter idea from it. I think they serve different audiences and I think- you can only know which one will work on, when you try and, and you start asking, right? But let's that, go, yes. like let's go into the psyche a little bit. Like, why are so why are people? We had mentioned this earlier. Why are people so afraid to to ask?
1: Well, the easy one is rejection
0: <laughs> because it feels like, and well, that's why. D- people, let's go deeper. People, why are why are people afraid of rejection?
1: I guess I, I think I don't think they separate the item from themselves, right? Like they mm-hmm. they think that they're a reject, they're a failure, when it's actually just the idea. And I think that's why the coffee challenge works so well, because you can like actually practice being like, Oh, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I I still get uncomfortable. Right. Like if you know, going to try to talk to people, or I do I've been trying new ones. Like at airports, I always ask for people's newspapers. And they're like, I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, okay, is there any section you're done with? And they're like, Yeah, this one. I'm like, okay, thank you. And it's like it's still weird to get rejected. But the more you kind of practice it, uh, and then you tr- translate it to business, the more you can actually get like kind of okay with it. So like one I I did recently. I'm trying to get larger guests on my show, and so I called the agent for Daniel Tosh, and I just cold called him, and I was like, "Hey, this is No Kagan uh, for No Kagan Presents. So I'm trying to get Daniel on the show. Can he do an interview?" And they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's No Kagan. Come on!" And they're like, uh, "We don't know you at all." And I was like, "Well, you know, I'd like to confirm a, a time to chat with Daniel." And they're like, "All right, we'll get back to you." And you know, that wasn't a hard rejection, but you just got to keep going and uh, and having fun with it. And so I think people, uh, it's easier to stand behind the computer. It's easier to sit and not actually feel like a failure. And that's why a lot of times when people start businesses, this is a really fascinating one I've seen. They want to sell to everyone that they don't know.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. And that's why everybody's paying for all all this cold traffic and stuff and exposure to new people, yet they're not even focusing on the people who already know them.
1: That, yeah, it's like because they don't want anyone that knows them to reject them because that would actually mean that they're a failure, which is not the case. Their friends are actually going to give you probably realistic advice right away mm-hmm. uh, versus people who don't know you. So when I start a business, like I'm always like, just go to your network. Like you have at least 500 people on LinkedIn. You have 50 people on your phone and your favorites. You have Facebook groups or whatever it is. Uh, instead, people are like, well, I'll buy ads and kind of hope these random strangers want to give you money. Uh, and I, I just don't think hope is a good business strategy. No, no. Well, I mean. For you, with uh, with your book, like, have you, fa- have you noticed any fear of it or any, like, I guess I was curious two things, like, what fear have you faced with your physical product and what's been counterintuitive about this process? Because you've been doing a lot of digital stuff and yeah. now you're doing physical.
0: I mean, part of the experiment was just kind of trying something new and I haven't done anything in the physical space before. But there's been a lot of doubts going through my mind because people are so digital right now, especially with their calendars and their to-do lists and stuff. But, you know, I feel like that that's actually one of the benefits of using sort of this program that I'm putting together to help people achieve their specific goals um the other challenge is well everybody in the world now it seems has sort of one of these journals right um so what could i do to differentiate my product versus everybody else in the journals that they have so you know it's been a fun challenge but you know having this calendar component to go along with it plus the fact that it's specific to a very particular goal um you know it feels like there's nothing nothing like it so when i presented this idea out to the SPI audience and said, "Hey, if anybody's interested in being a part of this, you know, very rough beta group who wants to go through this, calendar not even going to be designed. You are going to use like stickers and stuff. Um, who's interested? You know, I had uh, sixty-eight people respond within a very short time period. That, like, yes, this is what I need. This is what I want to do. I would pay for this. I would love to be a part of the group. So that that was my first, you know, big sign that okay, people are actually interested in like a physical uh, physical product. I mean that that was like my." you know doubt killer right there for that particular thought you know there are people out there it's sort of like how when uh elon musk came out with the tesla right he didn't come out with the model three right away the one that was going to be like mass produced he came out with the super highly specialized one that pretty much told all the doubters um like yeah it can actually work and it can be fast and faster than regular cars because that was the number one sort of doubt that people had oh an electric car can't can't compete with you know a, a, a gas engine um Yes, it can. And here it is. Yes, it's really expensive, but there are a few people who said they want it. And then he was able to then then produce the Model S and then the Model X and now the Model 3 is coming out. If If he launched with the Model 3, the one for everybody first, it would have been a failure, I feel.
1: Well, I think it's a really good point. It's kind of like what you did with this. It's like what you did with your course on stage when we were talking earlier. I call it the TST method, test stuff out which doesn't make sense. It's TSO, but TST. (laughs) So the TST method is basically like, how can you do something at a smaller scale to feel comfortable going larger? Mm -hmm. Right. So like when you're trying to make a large purchase, if you're trying to marry someone, if you're trying to hire someone, if you're trying to start a business or trying to do ads, or if you're trying to sell a journal, how can you say, well, let me see if a few people will buy it or let me try it on a smaller audience or let me spend a little bit of money to see if it'll work. And like you, you started investing in your business. Like, oh my God, this is working so great. Let me go invest a lot more. Right. And it's like, I think one of my favorite examples is like, does the iPhone 7 look like the iPod 1? No. Remember the scrolly wheel? And it's like, no, but that's where they started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 15 years later, now they've evolved and they've evolved and iterated and so forth. And I think people kind of like get over um, consumed with how much the future is. And so that they don't actually end up starting today, which is like, that's where it all all happens. You got to get it going today. Yeah. So one thing, how do you figure out how many to print? Or do you just print them as people buy them?
0: Uh, You print them as people buy them or you do, I mean, eventually what's going to happen later this year, there'll be a Kickstarter campaign leading into 2018 to kind of come off the resolution sort of wave. Um, And we'll have a certain amount that people can, you know, buy and pledge for. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, these are all answers that I have to know how to answer eventually. But I'm not even I'm not even caring about what the answers are now. I'm just kind of taking it step by step. And I think that's another important thing. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother element of physical products that I've never experienced before is manufacturing the shipping component of it. But like when I started out in 2008, when I wrote my ebook and sold it, I knew that the first thing I had to do was just write the ebook to help people pass this architecture exam, right? And I said, I'll figure all this stuff out later in terms of how to distribute it, right? So, you know, I think a lot of people worry about all the systems and the technology first, before actually building the thing, um, and I was luckily enough to to had to have some pressure behind me in terms of you know getting laid off to just write the thing, knowing that if I had that, if I had the book, then I would do whatever it took to figure out how to sell it. Does that make sense? I think it's good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that you said to me that was a great reminder is like, if you have something that people have already said they wanted, it's so much easier than to make it and, and solve for that once you, but instead like to build it and hopefully try to find customers and like hope for it makes it a lot more challenging. Right. Right. The one thing I'm curious for you is like, as you've grown your business and, and you know, how do you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? Cause like 2018 uh. to me, I'm like, wow, Pat's like thinking far ahead. And I don't think all of us, including myself, are thinking ahead sometimes as we try to grow a business. So like, how do you decide what you're doing and not doing?
0: It's difficult because, I mean, like all of us entrepreneurs, like we want to do everything, right? But I have a shoebox full of all these different ideas with post-it notes all crumpled up, sometimes napkins. I get ideas all the time. That's my box for me to know that I will always have ideas no matter what, that I won't ever run out of them, right? But it's also a good reminder for me knowing that I have to focus on one at a time. And the way that I've been working since 2008 is I I build something or I do something and I, I try to master it as much as possible. I begin to automate it, or it kind of takes a life of its own, which then opens up time for me to include other things that I have going on. So, kind of grew from the blog to the YouTube channel to then the podcast to then now, um, you know, automating the podcast and now doing public speaking. I don't think that's something I'll ever automate, but um, it's it's just it keeps growing, right? And so in terms of what to do and what projects to take hold of, it's a mixture of, you know, what is most exciting to me right now. uh, Also what I feel would be the most helpful. um, And then also what I think will, um, you know, will just teach me, right? Because I'm always trying to learn and I I know a lot of these things I do, maybe they're not the right things to do at, at this right time, but I can't worry too much about that. I have to know, however, that no matter what happens, there'll always be lessons. And if it happens to be a business that works out, great. If not, still great because I'll be able to learn from it and iterate from there and realize, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. Like this this physical product thing might be a complete failure. Um, even though it's set up and it seems like it's gonna do well, I might completely bomb on it and realize that I just hate doing physical product. I hate the idea of having to ship things and, and store them and manufacture them and all this stuff. I won't know that until I do it though. And so that's kind of, for me, what's gonna teach me the most as well is, is a big uh, sort of sort of indicator in terms of what I do next.
1: I love it, man. I, I think one of the things that you said in, in, in something that I'm trying to get better at, like, you know, I started this, the, the podcast, No Kagan Presents. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think what I've been trying to be even stronger at is like, how do I be self-aware and then learn from what's happening? Right. So what was doing the podcast, I'm like, podcasts are a lot harder than people think. <laughs> I think that's one thing I've learned. And two, I realized i actually like video more, like I like YouTube a lot more. And so I think we have to be self-aware about when things are working or not working. How can I actually learn from that and then make the future better?
0: What have you learned right. from doing the podcast so far?
1: Uh, man, it is really hard. And it sounds, and people, one, people care about audio quality and I had no idea about that. I just thought, I don't know, you talk into a mic and it just works. And it's like, no, like people have like super extensive mics and like any background noise, like people complain about. Mm-hmm. Um. secondly, I understand why people do conversation or interview shows like this. Cause when you try to do like an NPR episode where there's like this story and narrative and they've interviewed all these people, like it's a full-time job. It's like they have like five to 10 people on an, one episode that only is 20 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then third, I would say like the audience is definitely, uh, they're actually, I think podcast people are the best people. Like if you listen to podcasts, you're probably a good person. <laughs> 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 but there's less of them, right? Because yeah. you know to listen to podcasts, like, you know, it, it's generally a more educated person mm-hmm. uh, and they're doing it during a specific time of their day. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's been harder because like YouTube and, and like just online marketing, which I've had more experience in. Like you can get someone to go click and watch a YouTube video pretty quickly, but a podcast, like download an episode and get it on their phone, and then they have to actually make time in their commute to allocate for that, or make time in their gym time. Uh, and that's been that's been a lot harder.
0: So in your podcast, are you doing NPR style episodes?
1: I've started to. So as I mentioned earlier, I hit up an
0: NPR all the a lot
1: of NPR producers and I'm paying one to now start editing and, and give me feedback about how I can do that. Um, and then I'm hiring a guy who will help me with my outlines. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, you know, what I've noticed about podcasts is like, you have to find your voice. Like I, Pat has is, you know, I think you're one of the great people and that's why people will relate to you. Like you do it yourself, you show how you do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you do it, you know, you have a family and I think a lot of that, that attracts a certain audience. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to find my voice and doing my show and and also you have to kind of find like what's fun for you. Like someone said this to me and I thought it was such a great putting it. It's like, how do you find something that's sustainable for yourself?
0: You talk more about that, what, what does that mean to you?
1: Uh I can see stuff getting, you know, I can see for myself and and I think I'm just talking about myself. It's just like, how do you make it sustainable so I can keep doing it? Uh, You know, because I I think you can make certain episodes. Like for me, I've realized like conversation episodes where I can chat with you or Mm -hmm. like I just did one with Mike Posner, who's a a friend of mine. He's a a music artist. Like it was amazing to learn from him and just kind of chat with people I'm curious about. Uh, And so it's like, how do I do episodes where I think they're interesting for the audience, but also for myself where uh, I think anybody can do anything for a month. But then how do I do it for like five years or 10 years and yeah. keep that interesting for myself? And then, you know, obviously evolve it. Um, I, I always joke about my mom's diet. Ever tell you about my mom's watermelon diet? No. My mom does a watermelon diet where she'll eat watermelons for a month. <laughs> and then then she the next month she goes off the rocker. She has like pizza and burgers and Mexican food. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are because you just did a month of watermelon. You're hungry. Yeah. And, uh, and I think what I've seen success for myself is like, all right, how do you make the business sustainable? How do I make doing podcasts sustainable? Or even with Sumo, one of the big, um, I don't think I've shared it with you or publicly, like I've actually transitioned out of day to day of Sumo, uh, and focused on more like high level. And why that is, is cause like my sustainability is from, I like starting things. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I, I'm not apologizing anymore. I'm like, that's what I'm great at. And I've hired people that actually are better at, at sustaining and maintaining things, uh, in terms of Sumo. And they're great at growing that. Right. And, uh, like it's been a, help.
0: Is it Ryan at Sumo Jerky?
1: Uh, Ryan took over Sumo Jerky, but like at, at Sumo, we have Chad who runs that or Amen runs AppSumo and they're doing a much better job than I ever did. Mm-hmm. But starting it, like that's my sweet spot. And so I'm, and it's, it's hard cause you do have to let go of ego. Like I want this credit or what? And I'm like, who cares about the credit or recognition? Like, let's just go do something great and put people into places like a basketball coach, like put the center at the center
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just step out from having to, you know, always have to have, um, it's not stepping out, but it's stepping to the place where you're actually in your sweet spot. And for me, it's like doing interviews with you or like experimenting with things or doing a blog post or a YouTube video and letting Chad and the, and the rest of the team do the parts where they're great at.
0: Love it. Well, everybody out there has to listen to your podcast. So Noah Kagan presents, is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just present like cool people that I like talking to or like different random story. Like I have my next episode next week is how I'm, a, I'm a, how I have my biggest a-hole moment in my life. We'll have to listen to that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I'm kind of ashamed of it, but I, it was a good learning and it's a funny story.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let's keep talking a little bit. You know, I love having you on here. It's always an inspiration, and you just always fire people up. So um, we had talked earlier. I think we should talk about this now. A specific challenge related to starting something that we could have people do and comment about on the on the blog so of course go back to the show notes I'll share the link with you later Um, but you can get all the links and stuff for Noah's show and other things but we also want you to comment with something so Noah do you want to kind of set this up and also tell people what they're going to get as a result or one lucky person after a certain amount of time is going to get
1: yeah so I don't know when this episode's coming out we'll probably let it live for like two weeks something like that from when uh, the it goes live okay and so if, you've, if you're hearing this in your earlobes right now, just go do it. Uh, even if it's after two weeks, just go do it. And that, that's the whole point of what what I try to encourage people to do. It's like, just, just take that action. Like, don't wait. Like, use your phone. You can do all the, the things right now uh, to get a business going. And so a lot of people, one of the common things, and, and you should check out Pat's courses if you're looking for more help uh, and extensive help. But for a lot of people, the biggest question they always have is, I don't have an idea. I've got no business idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they all say that. And so I was like, well, what's an idea that everyone can do? And uh, do you know Scott Vokler from uh, the Amazing Seller Machine? Yeah, yeah he's maybe-
0: great. He's been on the show before.
1: And I like Scott. And Scott, I, I really like Scott. And Scott actually was a what was he a construction worker? Mm-hmm. Like didn't and so he started his whole business by the same idea. And I want everyone to go do this idea and take action and put in comments how much you sell and just even that you took action. And one person and I'll tell the exact idea, but one person will get a flight to come meet me and Pat to have tacos somewhere in the world. Yep. We'll
0: fly you from wherever you are to like San Diego. Probably San Diego somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Who's in here, Austin?
1: Somewhere where me and you are together and we'll fly you to come have tacos with us, all expense paid to come there. Uh, I'll pay. Okay. (laughs) Pack and pay for the taco. I'll pay for the tacos, yeah. (laughs) I'll pay for the flight. We'll go to Puesto, maybe? Ooh, dude, that shirt, by the way, gets me so much attention. People love the taco shirt. It's so good. The post okay, we'll do it presto, actually that's a great idea. So here's the business idea. And everyone can do it. You can literally do it on your podcast right now. So if you're at the gym, if you're on your commute, you can literally do this exact idea. And it's called sell my junk. And the idea is this and it's something that I just had this problem. So right now in my home, I have a corner of stuff that I just need to get donated or for someone to sell. Like even some it's so crazy. Like I had a nest, like those little thermostat. Oh, okay. And I was just gonna bird's donate it. Nest. Yeah. What's that? I thought you meant like a bird's nest, but okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, have a pet- I do have a petrified bird's nest at home. No, I, I don't. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that I have this pile of clothes and a nest, and I had like music stuff, and I have speakers, and I was just going to donate it or throw it away. And I, I told a friend, I was like, "Hey, can you just take it and sell it, and then just give me whatever you feel like?" And I was like, "Why isn't there more of this? Everyone has like even storage spaces. I don't know how people have storage spaces unless you're traveling." hmm. Like, I can't believe people have that much stuff that they actually need. So here's the idea, text to your friends, and you can even do it, you don't even need a friend. Go to your house, go to your apartment, grab all your stuff, list it on eBay, Craigslist or Amazon, and just sell it. And you're like, well, no, I don't wanna do this idea. Well, it's like, that is how you get started. And what'll happen is you'll start selling, like, let's say something physical. Like, Scott actually was selling photo stuff. And from that, he started selling digital templates. And that's how he got now this large business. Uh, and then secondly, what you can do is on your phone, just text a friend and all you have to do is be like, hey man, I'm starting a business. Can you give me all the stuff that you want donated or sold? Just put in a pile, I'll come pick it up, sell it, and I'll give you a cut of it. And you can decide what to give, what to give them as a cut. But I promise you, you text like two of your friends on your favorites list, you'll actually get someone to be like, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff. Just come over and grab whatever you want. You're yeah, so weird. I
0: mean, I can already think of a bunch of stuff that, you know, I don't want to go through the process of listing on eBay or whatever. Um, I could either donate it, or if somebody could take that for me and sell them, I mean, I'd I'd happily do that.
1: Exactly. They come, just put it in a corner. They take it in a box, and so like you have a bunch of friends with a bunch of stuff. Most of it they don't need. Don't just to sell their stuff without asking them. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> people are like selling pet stuff. They're like, uh. but the point being is that like that is an idea. So for anyone out there who's like, I don't have an idea, that is a free idea for you. Just sell your stuff on eBay, Craigslist, Amazon, LetGo app, whatever it is. And then just post and comment that what you did, and if you don't like this idea, any idea, fine. But we want you to take action and start something, and then leave a comment what you've done, and we'll pick one person to fly somewhere in the world to come have a taco with us.
0: Okay, so within two weeks, let's give them three to give them three a bit of time. Sure, um, some people listen to the episodes like the weekend after it comes out, all that stuff. So three weeks from the date this episode comes out. You'll have time to find some new idea, whether it's to sell my junk idea or sell somebody else's junk idea with their permission or some new whatever action that you take. We just want basically wanting to give you incentive to take action now. Right. Yes. And one person within that three weeks will get uh, is it going to be at your discretion? Noah, you'll, you'll select somebody.
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll fly someone to San Diego to have a talk with us.
0: OK. Or multiple tacos. I can't have just one of (laughs) West. Well,
1: one thing I want to say is what about if someone already has a business? Like they're already kind of going. It's more of like do something to start that based on what we've already talked about today. So if you're already running a business, like take action and leave a comment about what you're doing based on this episode Uh, and we'll pick one person. But the whole thing is like, go do something.
0: So basically, Like, like for those of you who have a business, what's that one thing that you knew that you need to start? Well, just do it now. (laughs) <laughs> like right like that thing that you knew that you, was going to help your business but you've been scared of it or whatever and you just haven't had a reason to take action on it well now now's a reason because you might get tacos with me i'm excited it. yeah that's gonna that's gonna be really cool I'm, I'm really i bet we're gonna get all kinds of uh, really cool comments and pictures and things that people have sold and you know who knows what might start out of this maybe another scott sort of related kind of story you know down the road
1: it was so wild, man. I had a story just related to this where I was in my building uh, two weeks ago, and this guy Mark said hi to me. He's like, "Hey, what's up? You're Noah, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah, hey." He's like, "Oh no, I just I, like I saw you on YouTube and I followed some of your stuff." And his name is Mark Magnuson, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm starting this business and I've been w- working on it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, email me about it." So he emails me about it. And I'm like, "It's something for developers," and he's like, "He emails me like a life story about it," and I was like, "Well, when is it going to launch?" He's like, "It's going to launch in two more months," and I was like, uh, "Okay." I was like, well, what if it had a launch by Friday? What would you do differently? And he's like, well, oh, wow, that's scary. And I was like, well, all right, let me challenge you. Get three customers by Friday. And his name is Mark Magnuson. And uh, he came back and he started emailing me every day. He's like, oh, my God, I reached out and someone gave me $100. And then the next day, he's like, someone else actually bought it for $100. And then like I think a few more, four more days later, he actually sold his three. And I think it was just such a powerful move, moment for me where I'm like, wow, it's so easy to just sit and build and build and build and build but you have to get some validation kind of knowing that you're in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so when now he's building it, he knows he already has people kind of wanting his product. And, uh, it was just great for him to actually go do that. I'm proud that, cause I think it's easy to just sit behind the computer and it's easy to kind of just like hope that things come to you. And it was good for him that he took that initiative and now he's got, he's getting the
0: results. What, what do you think made him take that, that first step to get it done quicker? I mean, yes, you, you I, kind of prompted him, but what about that made him finally take action? Do you think?
1: I think two things, um, uh, I think one, it was accountability, right? Mm -hmm. I said, hey, go do it and then follow up with me, right? So I'm doing this fasting challenge today, like where I'm not going to do it for 72 hours, uh, anything eating. And I actually just emailed a few people and I posted on Twitter, like, does anyone want to do it with me? Uh, And I've done this before, like in January, I did a no drinking challenge. And having people with you or having someone that you can like check with Uh, that'll support you and challenge you and hold you to high standards was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And so even with this fasting challenge, like they're already, people already starting to email, like, Hey, look at this article. And Hey, like if you're going to, you know, people are gonna probably email like, Hey, if you're struggling, like we're here, drink tea. Uh, and so I think having Mark knowing that I was there to like, just listen to him and try to be supportive, uh, was really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is sometimes kind of like to, to the point of your courses, I think people sometimes just need a blueprint. And Mark's blueprint was, oh, I just got to build it and maybe I'll put it out there. And then I need to figure out marketing. I think a lot of times when people think they need to figure out marketing, it's because they haven't built something that people want. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think me actually saying blueprint wise, like Mark, why don't you change your blueprint a little bit and see if you can actually get the customers, then you can get back to the building of it and see how that goes. And I think that actually kind of uh, opened his eyes to like, oh wow, maybe there's another way of accomplishing the same goal.
0: Yeah. Love it, man. Well, Hopefully, we're going to get a lot of people to take action after listening to this. Again, you have three weeks. Leave a comment on what you did, uh, any proof if possible. I mean, Noah is going to select somebody uh, after three weeks, and uh, we'll fly into San Diego. We'll have some tacos. It'll be fun. Cool. Thanks, man. Good excuse for, for me to come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, appreciate no, <laughs> I appreciate that. But we we'll, 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 I don't know when you'd fly. I mean, we'd we'd work with you and your schedule and stuff. We'll, we'll and, figure something out. But yeah, we'll figure it out. But no, dude. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this. It's been really inspiring. Uh, I can't wait to get you back on the show later, and we'll talk more ideas and see what else you've been up to.
1: Can you share a little bit about your course with the ideas, or do you want to? I, I kind of want to hear the
0: course well, I want to th- hear. that I'm working.
1: Yeah. With? Well, the one you are about starting a business and the ideas one.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is very much based off of uh, Will It Fly? You know, it, was, it came about as a result of having people read the book, even taking the free companion course where they got that interview with you and all that stuff. Um, people still wanted more handholding through the con- through the process. They're going to get that accountability through this. So smartfromscratch.com. Thanks, Noah, for letting me talk about this, but um, smartfromscratch.com, it's a program that has a community aspect to it that walks you through the validation process of doing these things that we talked about. You know, finding an idea and, and testing it in a very small sort of process that can then grow and scale as you as you continue to sort of get yeses along the way. And if not, then you understand what needs to be fixed before you keep moving on. So it's just been great. You know, we've had uh, s- at this current moment in time about 600 students go through and they're just, it's super eye-opening. It's, it's so incredible to see... That they're breaking through these mostly mental challenges through the beginning stages of their uh, business journey. You know, it's really what it is more than anything, and I think the accountability and the community aspect of it is really what's helping drive a lot of the success of the course. But uh, we've had people go in and have their first customers already, just just like you teach, and just like Will It Fly teaches. So uh, it's it's incredible, and I think, like you said, that blueprint and that structure, uh, along with the community and the accountability, is really what makes it work.
1: What did you have to change when you were making this course versus what you when you started it?
0: Um, well, I launched with a beta group, uh, and the course wasn't even finished yet. So, following the will it fly sort of process, <laughs> right? I validated will it fly, yeah, yeah. And so it, it, I knew it was going to fly. And then working with those students, um, you know, and making sure that the course was built the way it was supposed to. You know, they gave a lot of great feedback. The founding students are some of the most important people to me because they've helped shape what the course is now today, related to um, the course content both video and written, um, as well as you know how often office hours should happen and what you know how things should be done to um, you know, lessons that were missing that I didn't even know were missing until they told me they were missing and then other ones that were <laughs> sort of there and superfluous that weren't very necessary, I removed those. like really it was the, as a result of getting those first customers in there, they told me exactly what it needed to be before I launched it live and then now that it's sort of public and we go through open and close situations a few times a year. Uh, at smartfromscratch.com it's it's been really cool i think more than anything i am now more than ever confident in what i'm offering and you know when you start something you're not really sure if it's going to work right like you're like hmm i wonder if this is going to work yes it's validated but let's go through and make sure it's it's great for people now that i've had hundreds of students go through it you know each and every one has sort of validated that yeah this is this is legit i mean this is and and now it's making me want to sell it more right and and not in a sort of aggressive way just People can feel the confidence that you have with what you're selling, right? And if you aren't sure about something, how are you going to make other people sure about it, right? Um, And I think that's the bit that's been the biggest kind of growth factor as a result of launching this course for me personally.
1: Dude, I love you. Can't see my head nod in the podcast, but I'm just nodding. No, totally, man. I love the idea. You know, it's funny. I was talking with someone about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and then the opposite of that, which is King syndrome, which is being too overly confident. And I love that idea of people are, I think there's a lot of people out there. Everyone's got some expertise or some skill set. Everyone, like Mm -hmm. even if you're, you're, you're not, you're lazy. Well, you can teach people how to be lazy. (laughs) <laughs> but the point is is like i loved your your message there which is just like go and do it one by one see the results and then you can even get more confidence that you can even help more people uh, and i think for people who are like i don't know if people would like this just go do it for free do a beta group and charge just like pat teaches and then like if, over time you get more confident and can actually go and do even more people and, and sell more uh, of your product or your service right
0: I mean, that's the thing people say to themselves i don't know if it's going to work of course you don't know it's going to work. You haven't put anything out there yet. So go and see if it's going to work or not and make changes if it doesn't. Right. So that's, that's really what it comes down to. And you know, all the stories you've shared today are, are, are an example of that. So thank you for continuing to be a great example for all of us out there. Noah, uh, where can people go listen to the show and find you and all the interesting things we have going on?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, so the company, if you want any of the stuff that I, I help work at, which is sumo.com, which is free marketing tools for your website, or appsumo.com, which is Groupon for Geeks. Uh, to check more of me out, okdork.com is my personal blog, or in podcast world, uh, Noah Kagan Presents.
0: Cool, man. Well, we'll link to all that for everybody. Highly recommend you all subscribe to Noah and everything he oh, does, because okay. it's, it's fantastic. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you being here, and we look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, too. All right. Thanks so much, Noah. I appreciate you. I know you listen to the show and it's always a pleasure to have you on. And for everybody else out there listening, thank you for listening in. If you want to check out the show notes and all the links and the resources that were mentioned here in this episode, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 280. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 280. And again, make sure to subscribe to Noah's podcast, Noah Kagan Presents. You can find that on iTunes and all the other directories. Uh, We'll put a link to that in the show notes too. And of course, his blog, OKDork.com and his companies, AppSumo and Sumo.com. Wow, sumo.com's is a great domain name. Uh, that's awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening in and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. Until then, just keep crushing it, guys. Keep pushing forward. Keep getting uncomfortable. And like Noah says, like keep taking those small steps that uh, will help you. The, the TST or what is actually the TSO method. But anyway, um, <laughs> keep doing that. Uh, appreciate you guys. See you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive
1: Income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.
0: Hey, one more time before I let you go, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you again for listening. And secondly, for those of you who haven't yet done so, please head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash let go. It's a big week here. The expanded version of my book just came out and I'm looking to push it big and I need your help. $2.99, it's all, that's all it takes. And um, just trying to inspire you through a lot of the challenges that I've faced along the way since getting let go from architecture. But the second half, like I said, is now what I've done and the mindset shifts that I've had to make and the specific strategies that I've put into place to allow myself and my business to continue to grow and scale throughout all the little challenges along the way. So thank you again. I appreciate you. That link one last time. Again, $2.99 for this week during launch week. The expanded version of Let Go can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash letgo. Cheers. Thanks so much.